This podcast contains possible spoilers about comic books and adaptations. You've been warned. Hey Lance, we've been talking about a lot of superheroes lately. Yeah, but what about the villains? What about a team of villains? What if some of the team were also former heroes, but now they were kind of villains? What if some of those villains dressed up pretending to be the heroes we know, but they were really still villains? And they were led by a reformed villain, also dressed as a hero, but was secretly still a villain? Wait, what are we talking about? Dark Avengers. Oh, okay. to Comic Book Keepers, where we talk about comic book characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Chris. And I'm Lance. And today we're talking about Dark Avengers. They're so dark. <laughs> and this is our end of the year episode. I believe this what? is coming out on December 30th, if time and space keeps moving in its forward direction like it normally does. Yeah. So this is our last episode of the year, so we thought we'd kick it off with a villain team and I'm different. I'm glad that you picked this out, Lance, because I had never read Dark Avengers. I was only marginally acquainted with them. And it's an interesting team of characters that we're going to be talking about today because it was an ongoing book and then it kind of stopped and then it sort of kept going a little bit later. There have been like two or three incarnations of it. Yeah, but around a little it's bit. not it was more of like a short period within the marvel universe that that the dark avengers existed and we're going to talk about why but why are we talking about this other than it just sounded really cool dark avengers Uh, dark avengers for a time when it came out ended up becoming the number one selling comic book for marvel so it has quite a bit of clout behind it and it was and we'll you'll we'll find out why when we start talking about it so this is our first team of villains or anti-heroes, if you will. So we'll be discussing members of the team in brief, their abilities, standout storylines from the comic, and of course, a what-if toward the end of the episode. This team was forged from the aftermath of the secret invasion. So before we talk about Dark Avengers, we got to talk about the big Marvel crossover storyline every year or so they do this big storyline when in the marvel comics just like dc just like a lot of the comics do so secret invasion the scrolls had invaded earth they replaced various superheroes and villains in an attempt to conquer the planet as they saw as rightfully theirs because scrolls heroes anti-heroes and villains alike fought against the scrolls invasion it was a big Uh, it was a big all-out battle thank you it was a big all-out battle None other than Norman Osborn landed the finishing blow on the Scrolls leader, Queen Varenki. Oh, that's good. So, so be... psychopathic killer gets the final blow. That makes sense. Yeah. So with no one to lead them, all the Scrolls were defeated or incarcerated. Now, Osborn was now viewed by the public and people in charge as a hero after he publicly executed Queen Varenki and helped repel the Scrolls. This was also seen 
uh, as a failure on their part from Nick Fury and Tony Stark. And Tony Stark was kind of seen as this, you know, he messed up because he was partly responsible or at least kind of framed for um, failing to, uh, failing to repel the, the scroll invasion. And he had started this 50 state initiative to prevent a massive alien invasion and it failed. So Norman Osborn who had been assigned by the government to run the Thunderbolts was placed in charge of shield and the 50 state initiative and tasked with forming a new Avengers team. So essentially Iron Man and the Avengers were disbanded because Iron Man sort of went on the run. Yeah. Something, something interesting about the 50 state initiative was that the scrolls were actually able to get a scroll into each team within those 50 states except for two so out of 50 we, they had 48 scrolls invade one of the teams oh gosh yeah and, and the initiative correct me if i'm wrong lance that was started after the first civil war storyline yeah so there was this rebuild within the hero community and tony stark was kind of put in charge of leading this initiative and trying to build a superhero team within each state. Yeah, and it, and if you didn't read any of these previous storylines, don't worry about it. It's it's you can you can pick up at various points within the Marvel universe. I think it's fun if you go back and and read different storylines, but if you want to just jump into Dark Avengers, it's fine. Just know that stuff happened and now Norman Osborn, who hasn't been the Green Goblin for a while, is seen as a trusted hero. And now he's put in a position of power. Let's just go with that. <laughs> yeah. uh, you might be a Spider-Man reader and you're like, wait, Norman Osborn, Green Goblin, yes, Norman yes, Osborn. Yes. You know, Lex Luthor became the president in D.C. So, I mean, that this is sort of it's a power par, play. It's par of, for the course. Exactly. At some point, villains are going to have a lot of power and they're going to flip the script and, 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 and be seen as heroes. So this was kind of the first step in that. So Norman Osborn has a lot of power at this point. Um, Tony Stark is on the run. He's a hunted fugitive and was in part blamed for the invasion. Norman renamed S.H.I.E.L.D. Hammer, not quite knowing what it would stand for, but just like what it represented, and hired Victoria Hand, who was a former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent and uh, as his deputy director. Literally one of her first jobs is to figure out what Hammer stands for. He just liked the name. (laughs) So he's like, "Eh, figure out what it stands for. With government funding, public support, and all of Stark's resources and toys, Norman Osborn would go on to form a team of misguided heroes, antiheroes, villains, and psychopaths known as the Dark Avengers. So how did all this come into play, and who are the people responsible for forming this comic? For that, we go... Into the Archives! Dark Avengers was created by the talented Brian Michael Bendis, with contributions from artist Mike Deodato and colorist Rain Barredo. Bendis knew he wanted to be a part of the comic book industry when he was only 13 years old, and even worked on his own comic concepts like a Punisher versus Captain America story. And that <laughs> ties very closely to our hearts because I'm I'm pretty sure I I tried making comics when i was a kid did you ever try oh sure yeah it's i mean i i drew a lot of comics i can't say that they were 
amazing storylines, but I, I certainly drew a lot of comics. Yeah. Well, you're the artist, so it would probably would have <laughs> looked a lot better than any of mine. <laughs> Bendis looked to comic greats like George Perez, John Romita Sr. and Jr., Jack Kirby, and Klaus Janssen for inspiration. He would later go on to develop a love for crime and the noir genre after sco- discovering comics by Jim Serenko and Jose Munoz. After high school, Bendis would attend the Cleveland Institute of Art while simultaneously working at a downtown comic shop, which is amazing. I, I love the idea of trying to to build up your, your career as a comic in the comic book industry while in a comic shop, just being there on the ground floor. Bendis started out as an artist for newspapers and local magazines, which funded his interest in writing crime fiction graphic novels. He would begin working at Caliber Comics to produce titles like Spunky Todd, Fire, a.k.a. Goldfish, and the most popular being Jinx, all around the early to mid-90s. Around 96 to 97, Bendis made the jump to Image, where he continued his Jinx series and published his previous crime comics in trade paperback. The Todd father himself, Todd McFarlane, was impressed by Bendis' work on A.K.A. Goldfish, leading him to write Sam and Twitch, which is actually set in the Spawn universe, as well as working on Hellspawn. In 2000, he would partner up with Oni Press and produce three autobiographical issues for Fortune and Glory. Bendis' friend, David Mack, was actually working with Joe Quesada over at Marvel on Marvel Knights. Casada invited Bendis to pitch some ideas for the series, which led to Casada recommending Bendis to Marvel Comics president at the time, Bill, uh, now, Bill Hemas or Jamas? J-E-M-A-S. Anyway. Uh, Jamas. Jamas. Uh, that Bendis should be hired as a writer. That's what Casada said. Bendis would go on to make his Marvel debut in 2000 writing Ultimate Spider-Man alongside comic artist legend and former Spidey artist Mark Bagley. What a book to start off on. Right? Imagine being, oh, yeah, you're going to start writing for Marvel. And, oh, by the way, you're just going to be working with one of the greatest comic book artists out there, period. And you're going to anchor this entire experiment. Yeah, you're going to start writing this series that's supposed to be geared towards, like, younger audiences, But then it's going to blow up and you're going to make your own ultimate universe and you're going to expand all these books. Yeah, I don't I don't think that was the plan. But when it started, you definitely had some some room to grow because this comic, Ultimate Spider-Man, became one of Marvel's bestsellers. It's so good, in fact, that Bendis and Bagley would go on to create 111 consecutive issues working together as a creative team. This not only broke Marvel's consecutive issue streak title with a creative team previously held by none other than Stanley and Jack Kirby for their fantastic four run, but also broke the longest consecutive run for any American comic period. Bendis mm-hmm. would then go on to write various titles under the ultimate banner, including one of the most popular now ultimate fallout, which introduced the world to miles Morales, who was created by Bendis and artist Sarah Pacelli in 2011, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Jumping back to 2001, Bendis would take over for Quesada on Daredevil, working closely with artist Alex Maleev, as well as co-creating Jessica Jones in the acclaimed Alias series, alongside co-creator and artist Michael Gallados. In 2004, Bendis would work on the closing issues of The Avengers, 
leading to him taking over the new Avengers relaunch. He would go on to write a substantial number of Marvel's major events over the next decade, including House of M, Secret War, Secret Invasion, which directly led into the main focus of our issue today, Dark Avengers. Dark Avengers made their, their first appearance in, you guessed it, Dark Avengers number one in January of 2009, illustrated by the extremely talented Mike Deodato. One piece of information regarding the inception of this team and comic title is that some outlets actually report, including Comic Vine here, report that Dark Avengers, that concept at least, was originally meant to be used over at DC Comics by Bendis. Now, I, I tried to scour the internet for confirmation on this. I, I listened to multiple interviews with Bendis, and I couldn't find anywhere where it confirmed that information. So take it with a grain of salt, but still pretty cool in case the concept was originally meant to be at DC, but then was adapted for Marvel. So wait, you, wait no, but not the actual Avengers. No, not the Avengers, but the, the DC, concept but, behind it. But didn't at later, wasn't there a Justice League Dark? Yeah. So do I you have, think that's where they <laughs> maybe I have no idea. I, like I said, I and they already had it. Suicide Squad. It was kind of mm -hmm. like a team of villains. Exactly. Blah, blah, blah. Got together. So, I mean, who's to say what came first? What came first? <laughs> Not Dark Avengers, but Dark Avengers would run for 16 issues in their own title and then actually moved to the Thunderbolts comic series for issues 175 through 190. So let's find out a little bit more about the Dark Avengers themselves. The main roster of the first group of Dark Avengers include the leader and founder of the Dark Avengers, as we've mentioned before, Norman Osborn. This is really the linchpin of this of this team. If if the regular Avengers centered on Cap or Iron Man, or some might argue even Nick Fury in some cases, um, Norman Osborn is is the linchpin of this team. He got everybody together. He convinced them. And in some cases, he is in charge of manipulation of the team members in order to make them functional. And the lack of concentration on their functionality ultimately has an effect on the, t the team's balance. Uh, so it's it's kind of cool how it, it you see how together he is at first and then by the end of the run he's completely lost it. yeah he's he's, <laughs> he's lost there. that control the the cool uh, thing about like norman's character with iron patriot is the fact that the team needed uh that that iconic look so there needed to be a captain america figure or an iron man figure and so when norman osborne took over and and basically took over shield and was in charge of the 50 state initiative and developing all these teams he also had access to all of stark's tech and so he actually had a ghost who's another character come in and break into stark's vault which had all the armors and because they wanted that iconic look for a leader of the team they merged iron man and cap together to make iron patriot so if you literally were going to make an amalgam character of those two, that's what Iron Patriot is. <laughs> yeah, and we've seen a little kind of taste almost of Iron Patriot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe mm -hmm. in the in the third 
Iron Man movie and Iron Man three. Yeah, um, we actually had Rhodey gets gets, you know, kind of taken over uh, with the war machine sort of gets rebranded as um, wait, is it in the second one or the third one? It is the third one. I it's think. the third one. OK, I so Rhodey gets a uh, war machine gets rebranded and Rhodey is is a member of that. But of course, he gets hijacked. And so it, it's not flat out said like this is Iron Patriot, but that's certainly where they get the where they got the idea. Yeah, I which think, from which was so strange. I was like, wait, are they going to make Rhodey a psychopath now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was like, we're going to take this cool concept, but it's not going to be anything related to the story. No, it has nothing to do anyway. with what you think it is. That's Norman Osborn slash Iron Patriot. Then uh, you have some members that were kind of Avengers previously. So you have Sentry, who is a mysterious hero. And later on, we find out in the run about his origin and who he really is. But his name is Robert Reynolds, his real name. But no one really knows how he got the powers, where he came from. But we find out in the Dark Avengers run, we find out a little bit more about Sentry. He's essentially a Marvel version of Superman, but he's definitely got some um, mental issues. He there's has some, there's some split personality going on there. A little bit of split personality. And, and uh, Sentry deals with a a darker side of himself known as the void and Norman in the series has is has conversations with the sentry talking to Robert and he always talk, talks to Robert like Robert you know I need the, the void to there is no void and he's kind of he's kind of manipulating him to be his secret weapon yeah and when he needs void to come out you know sentry essentially just you know, is, is a, is a killing machine. So it, it's an interesting take on that superhero kind of, you know, God, uh, uh, somebody that has just amazing powers can essentially can't be killed. Like there's several times in the comic where he's just obliterated and he comes back. So it, it's, it's an interesting take on that for sure. Then you have the Thor figure, you have Ares who is, Literally the Greek god of war god who appears in Marvel and... comics. Mm-hmm. So he's a rough, rougher, more gritty uh, version of, you know, kind of your mythology character and has a giant axe and wears, you know, <laughs> a battle suit with no sleeves. Yeah, everything. On, so on Greek headdress. Yeah. Helmet. Yeah. Rounding out the sort of hero types on the team um with sentry and aries you have novar who is known as captain marvel um now this is not the captain marvel that we knew from before but on the team he's called captain marvel and then you have a couple members who are posing as heroes but were actually villains but from the public view they look like heroes so first up we have spider-man now, Spider-Man in this version of Dark Avengers is the black suit Spider-Man. But Spider-Man is actually Mac Gargan, who is formerly the Spider-Man villain known as Scorpion. There's a lot of layers here. There's a lot of layers here. We <laughs> so have, go with me. I'm trying to explain. We have Scorpion, who is now Venom, who is pretending to be Spider-Man. Right. And when Norman finds him, you know, he's got this Venom symbiote, but... And and Venom is essentially, you know, can can make him out of control. So they give him this sedative, if you will, that brings the Venom symbiote back down 
so he can control him in in a sort of a black suit Spider-Man form. But when they're in battle or whatever, you know, he, he can expand that and turn all monstrous and everything. But when yeah. he needs to, he can just look like black suit Spider-Man. One of the coolest parts about that transformation sequence after he consumes that canister of that sedative, his pose mm-hmm. where he's standing is the same exact pose of Spider-Man on the cover of Secret Wars 8, which is the first time we see that that black suit. Well, not technically not the first time you see the black suit, but it's the Secret Wars first time we see that black suit. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. Secondly, we have Miss Marvel. Now, Norman actually goes to Carol Danvers, the actual Miss Marvel at that time. This is before she became Captain Marvel. But she was but she was the leader of the Avengers at this point. Correct. Norman actually uh, Norman Osborn actually approaches Carol Danvers and says, hey, I'm forming this Avengers team and I think you should be part of it. And she turns him down and says, no, I'm not going to help you. You're evil. You're a bad dude. Get out of my face. Yeah, <laughs> so and then Norman's he like, forms, well, well, you're property of the government, so you have to do what I say. And that doesn't yeah. go well. And then she kind of quits or something. She bounces. So, she leaves. Yeah. There's nobody strong enough to stop her from leaving. So he goes to Moonstone, who is a uh, – I think she was in the Thunderbolts with him, right? Yeah, I believe so. He goes to Moonstone, who is uh, also known as Dr. Carla Sofen, and she has these you know, kind of mystical abilities and, and the ability to fly and, and says, hey, you're going to put this on. He gives her Miss Marvel's uniform or a version of it, and basically she is now posing as Miss Marvel. And she gets her Next. powers from a stone, and it's a it's a Cree moonstone, and so there's right. that Cree connection with uh, Novar on the team, which they talk about a little bit. For sure, yeah, very similar, um, very similar in power sets. Uh, next up, we have Hawkeye. Now, of course, it's not Hawkeye, but it's actually Bullseye, the I Daredevil villain, so good, uh, posing as Clint Barton's Hawkeye with the purple and kind of dark blue and everything like that. And this is a very dark Hawkeye. <laughs> and if you know anything about Bullseye, um, the villain, uh, this, yeah, he's it's seeing Hawkeye, the character Hawkeye in this light is it, it's really weird. Um, but uh, Bullseye is definitely a dark killer assassin psychopath and he takes hawkeye to the mantle of hawkeye to a whole new level to kind of round out the team we have wolverine now this is not logan wolverine this is actually wolverine's son dakin i say dakin yes i say dakin too dakin so this is wolverine's son dakin who is also a little bit of a psychopath and has a you know mohawk and has the the two claws kind of like x23 but but he's, you know, a little bit uh, not the best behaved and has a bit more of a temper. And uh, he has been approached by Norman Osborn. Just a little temper. Just a little bit. Um, and then we previously mentioned Victoria Hand, who is the deputy director under Osborne. She was she left S.H.I.E.L.D. and was or asked to leave S.H.I.E.L.D. under bad terms. So this is a bit of a um, recompense for her where she gets to sort of prove herself and Osborne has asked you know say hey I need you to keep me under under control make sure that I'm taking breaks and make sure that I'm not you know running myself too hard and and uh, I need you to kind of you know watch my back make sure all the team members are taking their medications and stuff like that and 
it later, you know, Victoria Hand sort of realizes the level of complexity of what she's taken on with all of these characters. So it, it's interesting. Her her journey is kind of interesting to to read in this arc as well, because she starts picking up on like, oh, maybe this is way more than I bargained for. Uh, in terms of costumes, we've mentioned a little bit about, you know, Iron Patriot has the red, white and blue. Sentry is is yellow and blue. Superman-esque with a very long cape, the big S on his belt, <laughs> not yeah. on his chest. Um, make that. Novar has this kind of Kree space jumpsuit with these gauntlets that, you know, are kind of glowing with different stones and whatnot. Um, the Wolverine character is kind of rocking the brown and yellow. Mm-hmm. Doing outfit. the classic kind of classic so you know because his dad is is at this point in marvel history is is running uh is wearing the uh yellow and blue i think aries uh we mentioned he was wearing like kind of like a metal breastplate with the helmet the greek helmet and has like you know sleeveless arms he's super hairy he's just like this big beast of a man um and you know very intimidating looking and then of course hawkeye miss marvel and spider-man look like their hero equivalents except they are bad villain types in terms of powers we're not going to go too much into powers um most of the powers are pretty similar you know um hawkeye who is bullseye has extreme agility and i mean they're all pretty superhuman in in different aspects spider-man venom it's you know basically venom venom's powers uh with the symbiote um uh, you know wolverine's characters wolverine who is dakin has the same kind of uh, enhanced ability and i believe he still has like the healing factor that his dad has and then i think the most interesting one to kind of mention is sentry who Mm -hmm. who actually has that regeneration power like he's he's got He's amazing. He's super overpowered. And when he gets destroyed or killed, uh, he can regenerate. And not to give too much away, but we did give you a spoiler warning. So this is the big first one is at one point, Sentry is so overwhelmed. He flies into the sun trying to kill himself Mm -hmm. and he can't. And his darker side is like, nope, nope, that's not going to work. Yeah. Sorry. He's, <laughs> it's like, I would equate oh, like, no. like the, the storylines with the Hulk, where the Hulk, like Bruce Banner keeps trying to, he's tried to kill him oh, yeah. before. And he's like, right. they even said it in the MCU, like, put a gun in his mouth, pulled the trigger. What happened? The big guy spat it back out. Spit it out. Like, yeah. Ooh, yeah. that's super creepy. One, one thing I want to point out. From from the comic, from the first trade paperback, I want to read this because I think it was so well done. So Sentry, so Sentry gets obliterated in one of their fights. They think he's dead, and they're flying back to the Avenger Tower. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, there's a giant bright light, and Sentry's back. And all of them are staring at each other. All of the Dark Avengers in the plane are like, wait, what just happened? And so... Uh, Norman goes out to talk to him and he says, who are you? And Sentry's like, who am I? Norman Osborn says, you're not the void. <laughs> and Sentry's like, no. And it's just like a question mark. And Norman's like, because there is no void. And there, there's just like this creepy back and forth of who are you? I don't know who you are. Basically, Norman calls him out. And he's like, you're not Bob. I don't want to talk to you right now. And within the plane, 
Matt Gargan's uh, Spider-Man Venom as character says, yikes, there is no Dana, only Zool. (laughs) (laughs) Which is obviously, so we got the callback to Ghostbusters, but I always thought that was such a great line just because the Void is super creepy in this comic, or Sentry is really creepy when the Void is in control. Yeah, you can see how overpowering he is, and if he were let loose which a couple of times he is let loose and thank goodness that there are people that are able to figure out a way to stop him so um that kind of goes over costumes and and abilities um the settings uh in in, at least in the dark avengers storyline various locations in the united states the first major arc takes place in latveria second arc takes place in a town called dinosaur colorado and the third major arc is essentially the Siege of Asgard. So it mostly uh, takes place in Asgard. Um, the job of the Dark Avengers is essentially they are the reformed now, you know, former shield, uh, which is called Hammer, which is serving as Osborne's Avengers team. So they are they are the publicly just known as the Avengers. Just the comic refers to them as the Dark Avengers. There's a couple of supporting characters in in the comic that we keep seeing. Of course, we see occasional glimpses of the actual Avengers. We see uh, Clint Barton himself, who is now known as Ronan during this time period, which is kind of called out. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's is he's he's pretty cool. He's he's tough guy, Clint Barton. Yeah. Um, and he calls out Norman Osborn and just like, this guy is the former Green Goblin. Like, what what are you guys doing? <laughs> like, he calls him out and, you know, Osborn has to go on TV and be like, hey, it's OK. This is, this is uh, yeah, I had a dark. He's, he's like, my uh, my uh, chemical levels were off. It was an accident. Yeah, it's it's he's a real smooth talker. Um, you also see there's a little side storyline with the X-Men and you have characters like Emma Frost and Dark Beast. Um and other characters like that when they're sort of quelling the uh, mutant rebellion in San Francisco. Um, various antagonists fight off against the Dark Le- Avengers, starting with Morgan Le Fay, a sorceress. Uh, you have Molecule Man, the, the Dark X-Men, who Osborn puts together his own X-Men team, <laughs> and known as the Dark X-Men, kind of using Emma Frost. And then they some of them are kind of like, well, actually, we don't like this. And we don't like you. Fight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Loki is involved later on, which leads to the entire kingdom of Asgard, uh, the actual Avengers, various Marvel heroes and shield itself are all antagonists for the dark Avengers. So that concludes about the comic. Let's talk about the pull list. So to start off the pull list, probably the best thing you can do is just go and get the collected editions of Dark Avengers. So there, the first one is going to be Dark Avengers Assemble, which is a it collects, I believe, the first six issues of the series. Six, yeah. And so this covers the first arc. It covers a lot of the story with Doctor Doom and Latveria. And you get to see the development of all the characters and how Norman recruits each member of the team, which is really interesting. And the the conversations the characters have, there's a lot of times where you think this book is going to have a lot of action, but there's a lot of just character moments. And you get to 
really know certain characters much better than you might have uh, seen in previous incarnations of certain characters. Just because a lot of the smaller villains don't get the most screen time. And so this is a pretty interesting time for them to interact with other characters of shady origins. Yeah, and then the second arc is called Molecule Man for good reason, because it has this villain known as Molecule Man. And, you know, if you don't know much about Molecule Man, he's one of these villains that this comic, I think Bendis saw this guy and he was like, hey, this is somebody that not only can be extremely powerful if put into, you know, the, the right hands or the right writing, I guess, but also has some similarities with Sentry. On, on a molecular level, he can kind of change reality and change things. So he ends up doing a lot of kind of mental damage to Osborne. He's in this state where he Osborne doesn't really know where he is, and he's seeing Molecule Man surrounded by these other huge, you know, powerful villains like Mephisto and the Enchantress, who end up being not real, but, you know, he's basically like, changing reality and and he's completely naked you know during this whole like interrogation um just putting him you know in in this state of like you're you're completely humble to me and and uh, so i was like who is this molecule man guy like <laughs> it's uh he's he's pretty powerful so so that was kind of cool and then you know having the x-men kind of pop in with with members that you know they they went up against and you even see cyclops you know talking to norman osborne he's like i don't trust you i don't want you don't come near here again this is this is our area and then cyclops leaves and he's like i don't like that guy (laughs) he's just you know osborne's just like i don't like cyclops there's there's a lot of bendis does a lot of jabs at at certain concepts so like how a lot of people aren't biggest fans of cyclops so that was like another jab there's a lot of jabs at norman osborne's hair throughout the whole run yes yeah the hair and i think that the the little snide comments and stuff like that are mostly made by um spider-man matt gargan and uh hawkeye Mm -hmm. you know bullseye like they're they're definitely like the kind of comic relief um in team (laughs) they make a lot of wisecracks and everything like that because dakin's super you know gritty and grim and and stoic and aries is just pissed off all the time and and sentry doesn't really say much he's almost like just he's almost like vision he's just very robotic and but you know victoria hand is almost like the the level-headed one who mm-hmm. has to kind of realize everything she, she's like the maria hill of this team yeah i i would almost say like the, the audience is kind of going through the experience with her and at some point at one point victoria uh victoria hand is uh in the the second storyline, the Molecule Man, she actually comes down and and is sort of stalling, to, uh, and puts herself on the line. This this human, you know, with without any real powers, and she's talking with Molecule Man to try to stall to try to get the, the rest of the team to like figure out what they're going to do. The last storyline in in Dark Avengers is called Siege, which you might have heard of because it's it's you know is a big crossover event and. If you just read Dark Avengers, it starts with they're planning it. And then it, the next issue, I think it, it's already happened. So there's a couple of issues of it actually is just called Siege of like one, two, three, four, you know, and and, and you have to read some of these other comics because it crossed over into different titles to get the whole storyline. So um, it's not just the the Dark Avengers itself 
um, title. You have to go into other things like New Avengers and and uh, other other hero titles um, to get the whole storyline. Just within that same vein, you then have all of those spinoffs that they came out with. So you had like Dark Reign, Sinister Spider-Man, uh, Dark Wolverine, Dark Reign, Hawkeye, Dark Avengers, Ares, and then Ms. Marvel, Dark Reign. Yeah, so if you like some of these other characters within the Dark Avengers, you can get in a little bit more of their backstory. They go on little solo adventures and what's happening with them and and diving into them because I think Marvel realized really quickly, like, wow, this, this is going to be something we need to spend a little bit more time with. And then the last thing for the pull list that we I would say is there is a trade paperback that is literally a a bunch of collected what if stories from around this time period for Marvel. So it's just what if Dark Avengers and includes stories like what if Tony Stark had become Doctor Doom, which was really interesting. What if <laughs> uh, Wolverine had raised Dakin? What if Spider-Man killed Kraven the Hunter? What if Hawkeye killed Norman Osborn? What if Norman Osborn won the Siege of Asgard? What if the Watcher <laughs> killed Galactus? And then probably the craziest one, which is what if Venom possessed Deadpool? <laughs> which is fun because it was written by Rick Remender, who uh, did the second volume of Venom, like the Agent Venom storyline. So that one's actually really fun. All right. Now, I don't have a grail find with Dark Avengers. I don't. I didn't own any of the comics. I, I just kind of read it online. But um, you have a grail find for Dark Avengers? I do. So uh, I have the issue number one of Dark Avengers, but it's the blank sketch variant. And I was really excited when I found it. But then after uh, I got it, I came home and I realized that when they printed this book, rather than doing a cover that you can actually like the ink can kind of soak into the the pages of the book the cover they did a gloss print instead so Mm, it's not gonna pick up art very well so it doesn't hold the ink yeah Yeah. it's not gonna hold up so that's not good but i so i just have a a blank sketch over has a black border around it but that's that's about it but i have that (laughs) that's but i do want probably with a sharpie yeah maybe i do want to go after some of the variants for issue number one though because there's some incredible covers for this series yeah the one i think that's the most iconic for me if i were to hunt one down and you've probably seen i think that they were using this a lot to advertise it was the silhouettes uh, with lightning in the background Mm -hmm. so you don't really see their faces but you see iron patriot and um I think it's like Iron Patriot, Hawkeye, Miss Marvel, and maybe like one other character that it kind of looks like, oh, it's the Avengers, but it's is it? And you don't really see their faces, just those sort of these like dark shapes that look like the Avengers members, but they're something's a little off. And and it's a really cool cover that to, to highlight the the theme and the tone of what this comic is about. We're gonna take a brief little break and we'll be back. Greetings, fellow geeks. I'm Chris Melvin, one of the hosts of the Geek Peak Podcast, where we make it our mission to take you to the summit of pop culture with the best content recommendations from around the interwebs. Whether that's a new show you've slept on, your next favorite movie you're on the fence about seeing, a new track that jams, or what your next happy hour cocktail is going to be. 
The Geek Peak has you covered. Available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Hey, everyone. So the best way to support us is to leave a rating and review. A five-star rating goes a long way on Apple Podcasts, and a review about what you liked about the episode does so much more. We hope you enjoyed the show as much as we love making it. Please leave us reviews. We love hearing stuff. We love hearing what you want to say, and we love hearing about the characters that you want us to talk about. Uh, I, I love going in and reading those reviews on all the different podcast platforms. So continue to let us know what you think and let us know about characters that you want us to talk about. Uh, you can get in touch with us in several ways. We're on Twitter at CBKCast, and Lance is very active on the Twitter. Probably too active. Um, <laughs> probably a little too active. you got to tone it down a little bit. Probably. Uh, no, he's, it's doing good. Uh, you can use the hashtag CBKCast with your what-if ideas for all of our what-if segments, or if you have any questions or comments about anything we discuss in the show. That'll get us. That'll get our attention for sure. We're also on Instagram at CBKCast where we post images from the comics that we talk about. Comic Book Keepers is hosted by The Geekly Grind. Stop by The Geekly Grind for all things geeky from comics, anime, and manga to board games, video games, RPGs, and more. Take a break from your weekly grind at The Geekly Grind. And also, I have to say that we also now have a Facebook page. So if you look for comic book keepers on facebook we actually have a facebook page where you can join the community start talking about upcoming issues and uh things that we've already released and don't forget to check out the composer of our theme song arcane anthems our really good friend weston makes royalty free music for tabletop role-playing games campaigns streams and podcasts you can check out his amazing work at arcane anthems on twitter tiktok and all of his music is actually available for free on his Patreon at Arcane Anthems. Free music. Yeah, just <laughs> go check it out. It's amazing. Now let's get back to the issue. Chris. Lance. What adaptations do we have for Dark Avengers? Well, there's... There's not a lot, but there is some, believe it or not. In television, a cartoon series called Avengers Assemble, which is a lot of fun, and I've watched um, most of it. Not all of it, but I've watched uh, quite a bit because I like the cartoons. And uh, there is an episode called The Dark Avengers, where it's not the team that we've been talking about with Norman Osborn and whatnot, but it's uh, the episode talks about a reality-flipped version of the Avengers who operate as supervillains, while the Squadron Supreme in that reality worked to stop them. However, um, I'm reading from Wikipedia here, the Dark Avengers eventually discover that the Squadron used the reality gem to change the world in their image and use the gem to undo the Squadron's changes. So it uses Squadron Supreme characters and the real Avengers, and then they have the Dark Avengers who are essentially the actual Avengers in an alternate timeline that are villains. <laughs> yeah. Hey, comics! But it's not any of these characters we've been talking about. They just use the title Dark Avengers. They're sneaky. In film, there there isn't a Dark Avengers cinematic. Of course, there is a lot of talk of what if, if the MCU does Dark Avengers? Have they set up anything? Have they started planting the seeds of a Dark Avengers? And of course, there would be a lot of there'd be a lot of leaps and bounds at this point to say, you know, have they done anything? 
Um, maybe we'll come back to that in a second. The Dark Avengers have appeared in two video games. Uh, Marvel Puzzle Quest is one of them. Uh, and this iteration of the group in Marvel Puzzle Quest, you have Ares, Bullseye, Dakin, Moonstone, Ragnarok, who is a clone of Thor. Sentry, the Matt Gargan Venom, and Yelena Belova. So several different characters that we have talked about. Uh, they've also appeared in Marvel Avengers Alliance, which is another game. Uh, and and characters uh, appear in that uh, Bullseye operating as Hawkeye, Dakin, who is Wolverine, Ragnarok against Thor and Yelena Belova, who is Black Widow and Max Gargan Venom. So those are kind of the characters that have popped up in different video games. As far as the film, let's just sidetrack a little bit. If they were to do a Dark Avengers film based on everything that's happened in the MCU as of the recording of this episode, we haven't gotten the Black Widow movie yet. We're kind of in this post phase three. We haven't started phase four yet. What what do you think? Like, who would be your MCU Dark Avengers? If, that's tough because I feel like a lot of what they've set up and eventually, uh, essentially what they've been building that relationship with Sony is we're more likely to have a Sinister Six set up than a Dark Avengers right now. But sure. I feel like Norman Osborn is coming very soon to the MCU or at least to the Sony verse MCU shared universe that we're dealing with now. I feel like yeah. he's coming soon. And with, with what's going on now that we don't have Tony Stark anymore. So uh, there could be a, a company overtake from, uh, from Oscorp over um, Stark industries. And that could kind of be that that segue that start of that development of the team i think we're more likely going to get that sinister six and a thunderbolts uh film or adaptation before we get dark avengers though hmm yeah i would say it's i I think it's kind of unlikely uh, although there might be some sort of variation like thunderbolts i think would definitely be something we would see first. And I think we might even see a version of Thunderbolts in the Black Widow. No, I was going to, uh, I was going to say we might see Thunderbolts in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier oh, okay. series on Disney plus, because we know that Zemo, oh, Baron Zemo is going to come back in that, in that show. And he's going to be one of the antagonists to the, the, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And Zemo was a member of the original Thunderbolts. So I think they might do something with that, like kind of leading up to that. We might see some other kind of you know, members of the original Thunderbolts, but, but I, I don't see them as being the same entity. I think you might have some characters that pop in here and there, you know, maybe you have people like Moonstone or something like that, that come up. But I think the version of, of dark Avengers in title is going to have different characters than what we've seen. I, I don't think we're going to have like a, Max Gargan Venom. It, it's going to be characters like, you know, uh, Bullseye and and um, maybe Elena Belova, since we know that she's going to be popping up. But I think they're going to use, you know, characters like there's a heavy rumor that Thunderbolt Ross is going to turn into Red Hulk at some point. Yes, please. And that would be really interesting to to bring him <laughs> into yes. a Dark Let's Avengers mustache um, Red Hulk going. I definitely uh, like the idea of Norman Osborn coming in as the as one of the big villains, sort of like a, a public villain. But I think they 
I think they're going to do Secret Invasion first. So if Secret Invasion happens, I would be I would be really happy to see it kind of follow the same almost storyline where Norman Osborn gets the kill shot. And after being established as a villain for Spider-Man, he sort of, ha ha, now everyone likes me. And then he gets the gets the power, you know, this power vacuum because there's no Tony Stark. But then Oscorp, you know, which is going to seem very legit, you know, he's just going to jump right in there and take take over. So now, but with with how they've set up the scrolls, though, as being supporters and and helping out do you think that there's like a sect of scrolls that are kind of doing evil things on the side and kind of blending in or you think there's going to be like a different alien race that has blended in and there's going to be that version of secret evasion i don't know (laughs) (laughs) or one one thing i would say is if you were to bring in norman osborne that way he finds out that there are aliens pretending to be like he finds out a scroll is Nick Fury and Maria Hill and whoever else right. is right now. He kind of goes on a witch hunt saying these people aren't who they say they are. We need to take them out. And so rather than it actually being an invasion, it's this witch hunt. And then then Norman Osborn can be seen as this hero that prevented another alien invasion, because I'm pretty sure the people of Earth are sick and tired of aliens coming to the planet. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent here, but I think there will be some sort of they're definitely playing with that idea because otherwise they wouldn't have kept the scrolls around. And and they're definitely playing with the idea of the scrolls as maybe there's some good scrolls. There might be some bad scrolls and maybe they they come in and do the whole invasion. But I, I like that idea of maybe that there's, you know, they, they are sympathetic. You have Captain Marvel who's kind of uh, defending them. But if you have some other public figure that is trying to hunt them down and then that that could be an easy way to get the a dark avenger like strike force mm-hmm. like heroes that osborne or somebody like him are going to hunt these you know who is a scroll and then you might even have heroes that we have established uh in the marvel universe um be revealed to be scrolls uh this whole time uh, I don't know. You know, who knows? That's part of the fun of seeing where these adaptations can go. Um, so we won't go. To, we won't go into it any further. But stay tuned for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We all wait. We are all awaiting to, to see waiting. that next thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I think there might be something as soon as as Black Widow. I think there's going to be some sort of initial tease to whatever this next big story arc is um, as soon as the end credits of black widow. I just have a feeling it's, it's going to be that same mic drop moment of like Nick Fury walking in at the end of iron man, like black widow, I think is going to be that, that first, like, Hey, this is what we're setting up and everybody's going to get excited about it. So just, just a prediction. Um, the, that's our adaptation. So now it's time to move on to our, what if segment. What, what t- t- is- So each issue, we do what nerds do best. We share our fever dream concepts for the comics that we love. Now this issue, our what if is which Marvel villain, anti-hero, or even potentially hero would you love to see as a member of the Dark Avengers? So this was too hard to just pick one. So we have 
a minimum of three each that we wanted to yeah. throw out there. <laughs> no, it was a maximum of three. Minimum of <laughs> three. Like, so, so I like initially it was one was hard, and I was like, "Hey, let's just let's do three. <laughs> Lance picked four. I, I well, well, I just well, one of mine. I'll I'll say this one to get this one out of the way. I was gonna say Yelena Belova to pretend to be to being the Black Widow of a Dark Avengers team because I didn't see her name on any of the lists that were online as being former members of Dark Avengers, but apparently in Marvel Puzzle Quest. She popped no, up. it's Avengers Alliance. Avengers Alliance oh, Avengers is Alliance. where she's in. Okay, there. well, that takes her out of the running. So I no longer have four. I have okay, I have fair enough. Three, but well, go ahead and let us know your other three then. Okay, so my first one I'll say is Taskmaster because he can literally be any pretend to be any of the heroes you would want on any given day. So if you want him to be your Captain America, he's your Captain America. If you want him to be your Hawkeye, he's your Hawkeye, because we all know Bullseye is going to get taken out sometime or another. And then even sure. Black Panther. So as long as he's his face and he's wearing like a Like your, your melee combatants. You're, yeah. he, can't be, he can't be like Scarlet Witch or Captain Marvel with magic, yeah. energy, energy mm-hmm. powers, but he can be the ones that fight. Yeah, any of your fighters, Taskmaster can... Be them, and so you can make it look like your team has this circulating group of members, but it's really the same person over and over. Nice. Hey, let's do this like where you you do one and I do one. That sounds good. You do your next one. Okay. All right. So my first pick is Mystique from uh, the Brotherhood of Mutants, or just Mystique because she's awesome. As uh, and she would be the Black Widow of the team. So Mystique, of course, has metamorphic abilities. She can shape change into any. Uh, into any person and take the form of males and females. And even in the Black Widow issue, I, I mentioned Mystique, so I was kind of like, oh, I don't know if I should mention her again, but I think it's just too good to have, not to have yeah, somebody like this well. in, in your team. Um, you know, somebody that takes that spy and assassin ability, and plus she's, you know, she's very smart, she's a strategist, and she's, you know, great at infiltration, and um mystique has been a a team leader of villain teams in the past so i could see her as a as a team leader or you know somebody that's maybe even a double agent um within the the, this this dark avengers team it's a good pick my second member would be uh the vulture but as the falcon so for obvious nice. reasons, <laughs> Vulture would have to wear a mask like or a helmet or something because everyone's going to be like, that's not Falcon. But sure. So you just give him that separate separate set of wings, a uh, different color scheme and, and a mask and you're golden. You got your Falcon. Yeah, I, I think in one of the cartoons, the Spider-Man cartoons that uh, is on the disney xd falcon has this full face mask it's like this kind of metallic mirrored surface so something like that could work for sure done um and and it's and it looks cool (laughs) all right my next my second pick is the villain crossbones and he would be posing as captain america crossbones a lot of people might know him from mcu uh he was uh the guy in the elevator <laughs> and then uh, in, 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 um, yeah. And in, uh, Captain America, civil war, crossbones, you know, he can't, he came back and he was in, um, Briefly. I think it was in when they were in, 
in Africa and, and they were fighting and he fought with cap and he had like the kind of, you know, superpower fists, <laughs> the, the kind of robot fists, um, you know, formidable fighter, definitely a melee fighter um, and just a evil bad dude so crossbones i think posing kind of having that like hey i'm gonna have the the shield and i'm gonna take the mantle and he's also been a member of shield and 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 uh you know former soldier so i i think there's some interesting ties there he sort of gets a little bit of revenge like i finally get the credit i deserve uh so my pick is crossbones i think he'd jump at the chance to put on the cap suit i think that's a great pick you just kind of have to cover that half blown off side of his face yeah, yeah, he, 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 I, I like the idea of maybe having like a full mask, Captain mm, America. Really cool, and like not not having the not having the cowl, but like covering his whole face or something like that would be would be dope. Nice. My final pick is actually going to be the Absorbing Man, just because yeah. there there's so much versatility with this character. So with if you don't know with his powers, it's what it sounds like. He is able to absorb the mass of whatever material is around him. And there doesn't really seem to be a limit. He can also do it to powers. So at one point he actually tried to absorb the power of Sentry and almost like blew himself up. Uh, <laughs> he can even uh, absorb the power of, let's say like the Uru metal. So like with uh, Mjolnir, he's able to absorb like that material. And I thought it would be mm. funny because the thing has been in an avenger before so what if he touches thing to make himself have that like rocky exterior but he doesn't completely change it it's more of like it's not going to look like the thing it's just going to be like this orange material like skin coating and so they have to like draw lines on him to make it look like rock like he actually is the thing <laughs> so it just looks like this really sketchy version of the thing they're like we like the other ones can pass like other heroes can pass as looking like, or these other villains yeah. can pass as these heroes. And so this is the one that's kind of, they hide in the corner and they're like, don't look directly at him. And it looks like the thing. Well, I, I mean, I, I like the idea that maybe, you know, absorbing man, I mean, cause you, you have some Avengers that, that have, you know, kind of play with matter like vision and, 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 or a uh, molecule man or, or not molecule man, uh, wonder man, you know, that, that play with energy and, and, um, you know, matter manipulation and stuff like that. So you might even pull in one of those, uh, older Avengers characters like that, that it's like, Oh, this is the new wonder man. You know, and he's got these different kind of mm-hmm. matter based powers. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I think that, I, that, I, that's I, fun. He's, that's a fun one yeah. you could play a lot with. Yeah. I, think. I, I, I just like the idea of him trying to look like a certain hero and then like you have kind old, of old <laughs> coming in and be like, yeah, oh, half doing it. you and then like just a Sharpie all over the body. <laughs> yeah, I would, he wouldn't last on the team. Very no, he wouldn't. <laughs> um, my last pick is uh, Eric Killmonger, who is a black Panther villain and he would be posing as black Panther. And this is of course inspired by, the amazing performance of Michael B. Jordan as Eric Killmonger in the Black Panther movie, who I think brought to light the the great plight and and motivations of this character um, and is seen by many as probably one of the coolest Marvel villains in the MCU. But in the comics, you know, they, they play him as a lot more feral and he, you know, he wears tribal 
outfits and stuff, but he's still a, an amazing combat fighter. He has enhanced ability. I did a little bit of a little bit of, you know, research. Um, I think Killmonger should definitely be one of the ones that we do an issue on Absolutely. in the future. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, there, there's some stuff like, well, he can't drink the same heart shaped herb to give him the abilities that Black Panther can because he's not uh, a true Wakandan or something like that. So anyway, but I think having you know, having him be a, an Avenger and sort of take on the mantle of Black Panther uh, in this Dark Avengers would be a really interesting uh, take on that because, you know, he'd probably play Black Panther not as this like scientific, super smart guy who's extremely tactful and super cool, uh, but a lot more feral and almost like a Wolverine, you know, Same level of ferocity. Yeah, but but Killmonger is also a soldier, and and he's he's an uh, he's a assassin, and he's he keeps track of his kills and everything. So it's um, I think it would be a, a a scary take of what a Black Panther character would be with this vibranium suit and like with his resources. That if assuming he would have all the resources of like Wakanda and stuff like that, um, it, it'd be. I, I would like to see that from a storyline standpoint. Yeah. I really want to see this team now. So you got <laughs> yeah. Crossbones, you got a Killmonger, Taskmaster, Absorbing Man, and Vulture as Falcon. There you go. I, we've just I, made a whole other. I, I need you we just made a whole other uh, Dark Avengers team. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I want you to draw this team now just because I think it'll look amazing. Oh gosh. Okay. I'll add it to my to-do yeah, list. That that increasingly <laughs> long list. So Lance, um, in closing, would you recommend to read Dark Avengers? Like who is this for? And would you recommend uh people to read Dark Avengers? I would recommend the uh first volume of the series. I think it is an amazing concept. It's really fun. The writing I, I enjoyed. Um after the first volume, it it kind of teeters it off. But I, I think that if you are a fan of these characters in general and you enjoy the idea of, of villains kind of taking the hero role, it's definitely something you need to check out. Yeah, I I uh, would recommend it, but only for certain. If you like things like Suicide Squad or Justice League Dark, you know, from a DC uh, side and then you want to see like what's the equivalent like this is a good take on something like that if you're a spider-man fan and you like norman osborne but you want to see what else he can be and sort of the extent that he'll go to in, in this real power play it's it's a really cool take on the character of norman osborne this whole storyline uh, or if you're just a fan of the avengers and you want to see you know what happens when they lose all of their power abilities and you have these you know, literal imposters that come in and change the status quo of what the Avengers are known for. So it's not the first comic that I would say like, Hey, if you want to read a Marvel comic, read dark Avengers. Um, There's definitely a lot of lore. That's that is kind of weighted in. Um, it, It certainly helps if you know some of the things that have been happening within these major crossover events you know, especially when it gets into siege and and with coming off of uh, secret invasion and whatnot. So it's not the first thing I would jump into as a comic reader, but it's definitely fun if you, you know, previously associated with or previously 
uh, have been reading Avengers comics or you're really into Norman Osborn from reading Spider-Man. Excellent. So it's time to close the book on Dark Avengers. So until next time, this is Chris and Lance reminding you to keep your friends close, but your comic books closer. Happy New Year. We made it. We made it.